Going through the car wash this week, Sean Roberts turns green with envy. Hey, Brian. What an honor. Yes, indeed. You, you don't say that to me. What the hell? <laughs> Sean, so I'm just used to seeing your face all the time, Sean. I'm over it. I'm over it. Age ain't nothing but a number. How, how, how old is Seema? How old is he? I'm not sure. How old are you, Brian? 60. and brian baloy reacts to rulani's return yeah that 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 would be you know the biggest surprise of the season uh of uh, the covid uh, season (laughs) (laughs) good day to all sl radio listeners and car wash supporters just before we get into today's show when we discuss the Coach Rulani Mukwena situation, at the time of recording, the news was just starting to trickle out. So we had no way of being absolutely certain that it was true. Since then, it has been confirmed by the club, by Rulani himself. And so when we discuss it, just take it with a pinch of salt. We decided to leave it in the show because it's still a great discussion. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on Sakala Duma Radio. This is a Hangana Corner. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 35. On today's show, we analyze the big threes midfields. We see Sima joins Chippa United. And whether uh, the listeners are listening on SL Radio, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi Gang FM, welcome to Game Time. Uh, shout out to the Northwest region. And uh, now we can dive on in. I am not alone in your eardrums currently. He wore number 30, but he's the car washer's number one. I'm joined by Sean hey. Roberts. How are you doing, sir? Yes, sir. Nice intro, Slew Dog. Thank you, bro. I'm fantastic. And, uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense that we get you on a web show because we do have Spider-Man himself, Brian Baloy, the legend. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Thank you. And how are you doing? <laughs> all good, all good. Uh, the only person who tells worse jokes than me is Sean. Yes. Do you have a joke of the day for us, sir? I've got a joke of the day. Apologies in advance, Brian, because these jokes are horrific. But anyway, here we go. Um, what's it called when a dinosaur gets a goal? A dino score. <laughs> that was that. That might be the worst one, Sean. <laughs> that might be the worst. Bro, one I'm, I'm I'm drying up here, so I'm just I'm just clutching the barrels, man. It's so bad. So slow. You can imagine. Uh, I, I played with him, what, was it three years, four years, Sean? <laughs> yeah. Three or four years too long, Brian. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so almost every day, training or on the bus, going to matches, we, I was subjected to all of these. <laughs> so you only get to hear it only at least once in a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Look, he's, he's already Good killing times, slowly, bro. <laughs> Good times. All right. We dive on into this first story, and that is um, we wanted to cover which side in the big three has the most impressive midfield. It's it's really just an analysis as we're getting back into the football, which, mm. you know, we're still waiting on the exact dates and venues, but it is, we, we're seeing the teams go back into training now, and so it looks like we're making great progress. So let's have a look at, at each of these teams. Chiefs, Pirates, mm. Sundowns. Uh, Chiefs mid- midfield, midfield, wow. <laughs> Chiefs midfield. midfield evolves depending on the match. We've seen a 4-4-2 mm. with two deep-lying midfielders in the middle. We've seen them play with five uh, in the middle of the park with Frosler and Bacchus playing wide and dropping down into defense. Katsande, Maluleka and Manyama 
obviously always kind of featured there in some ways. That we've mm. seen them with a standard 4-3-3. To be fair, it doesn't look like there's much a consistency despite their solid results. They 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 kind of seem to adapt to the situation. So what system have you seen them use that looks their strongest, that, that makes Chiefs look their best? Yes, that's a good question. Um, I, I've, I've loved the fact how George Madaleka has adapted to the new role that he had at Kaiser Chiefs as more as a holding midfielder. But I've always, I've said it before, for me, George is a, a six to eight goal man season. He should be further up in the park. But in terms of adapting what he did and how he filled in for Katsande in times, um, was brilliant, but I do prefer him, prefer him when he's playing in front of Willard and you've got uh, Manyama as the outlet as well. I think those guys have been absolutely sensational for, for Chiefs this season, or George was sensational for Chiefs this season. Um, Manyama right up there for player of the season in my eyes at the moment, and Katsanda is just absolutely Mr. Consistent in every way, you know? Yeah, so now now that Maluleka won't be able to finish, the, won't, won't extend or finish the season with Chiefs, and we, we've seen the story mm. as to why, but how do Chiefs set up in his absence now, given the fact that they can't replace him? Yeah, it's uh, well, they can't replace him just yet. Eh? Yeah. But like you say, they've got Bacchus there, who's, when he's, it's took him a while to settle in, but he's done very, very well. I like him as a player. He's a good pro. He's got a great attitude. And you spoiled for choice up front. I see they also uh, renegotiate with Shangasi's contract as well, which is an interesting one, which I think we'll touch on later. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, he struggles to fall back a bit. He, he likes to go forward, but he doesn't come back. So that's my only concern. But yeah, I think a, a Bacchus will be a, a perfect substitution for George with him leaving. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, it's just uh, it's a difficult one. But for me, I think uh, when you look at Chiefs' midfield, they have a lot of good young talent that they've never used. And I think for me, Chiefs has been too defensive for my liking, uh, exactly what you're saying about George, that uh, I would like to see him, you know, going more forward. Type of player he is, the quality, he should be scoring 10 goals at least a season, you know, maybe five from like three kicks and then five open play. Like I said, Chiefs has been, uh, I mean, Parker on the one side has been as well, had to adapt to a new role to some extent, even to a more defensive role as well. So I think for me, Chiefs, if things goes well, that uh, the season gets on and, and, and gets finished, I think they're going to run out of the. There's no mu- that much experience on the sideline to replace um, a, a George. Mm. In, in the, in, when you look at how they've been playing, players that are, are out there that could play, it's playing a different type of uh, you know game and, and they would have to change their setup. When you look at uh, Spelele, you know, and, and then there's a Nobo. Um, and maybe then they might have to even use uh, Kama more as in, in the midfield. You know, uh, like I said, for me, I think um, <clears throat> at, at times, a lot of times, Chiefs, I mean, there's times where you've seen they're playing four, uh, four forwards in a match, you mm. know. And so, so their setup is always that there's just defensive midfields and, and there's just forwards. Mm. And do, yeah. so, so you think they they kind of need a little bit more in the middle of the park there, just to solidify their attack, perhaps. I think uh, the coach plays according to you know the the, the the strength of his team, and and looking at his style of play, what he has at, at his disposal, um, the way they've been playing. I mean, it's been just. I'm sorry to say this, and I know uh, they've been they're not happy with me saying it, but they've been one-dimensional. Mm. And that's the biggest challenge. That's the biggest problem. That if you close down 
you know, the uh, the flanks that they can, you know, cross the balls. There's not much they can't score from set pieces. Uh, if you look at their goals from open play, you know, it's a, just a handful. Mm, mm. You know, a team that can't be uh, accused of the same thing would be Sundowns. Um, one dimensionality is not the name of the game there at Klurkop. More so, they have consistency in terms of their team selection, but they always manage to do something new in every game that we see them play. Uh, you know, we, we have the mainstays, Slompokekan and Jali in that midfield, and then we have uh, Zwane, Mkulise, and, 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 and guys like that running freely from wide positions, also cutting in and getting mm. goals. Uh, when is Sundown's midfield setup at its most dangerous? And who do you think is the key to that danger? Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it, they're so good. They've got such depth. Um, I think Pizzo is so lucky to have the squad that he has. But I think Jali has been a revelation this season. Um, he's been unbelievable. Kikana, I mean, what more do you say about the guy? He's Mr. Consistent. Um, he, he's just been, although his role is slightly changed, he's, he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, but yeah, you know, Kutsi has done well when he's come in as well. Don't forget him. Morena, phenomenal. Mafambi, I mean, Swani, Vilakazi. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it's, you just, you spoiled for choice. Mm. And I think whoever, and now you, and now you add in Maluleka, who's going to be going. I mean, it's going to be absolutely lethal. So yeah, I mean, if you, the, the answer is anyone. I mean, it's it's been it's been amazing. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch, and they're only going to get better and better with the additions they've made this season as well or for next season. Um, but you can add anyone to Jali and Kakana, anyone, and uh, they're going to perform. They've been absolutely brilliant. Brian, what, what have think, what Brian? has your view been of Sundown's performances this season, particularly in that midfield area? Yeah, just the midfield, like you say, they are spoiled for choice. Uh, I think any coach would love to have such uh, an arsenal uh, when you look at the players I mean in, in, the, the midfielders they have there from Tapelo Morena Tony Lafoe Obringoma Lyle Cape Opamanyisa I mean <laughs> Tembazwani Tiani and Kekana you even struggle I mean then Jali uh, you even struggling to see where is Malurega going to fit <laughs> in that mid, in, in, you know in that midfield for them having such players in that midfield and then they go on and get a Maluleka. And again, it shows that they they're more about experience. And all of these players I'm counting, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, players that have international experience uh, at Bafana, players that have international experience playing over uh, playing in Europe, and 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 all of them now having been playing in uh, in the Champions League, it's going to be very difficult for them coming back now. Start, it will be difficult for them to lose any games. Mm. It's going to be neck and neck. Chiefs are going to have a very uphill battle here. Um, another team who would have uh, an extremely uphill battle is Pirates. But when it comes to league football, I always <clears throat> kind of have this sneaky suspicion about the outsider that, that nobody is giving a chance. And so if Pirates were to make a run, perhaps not a title run, but even just a run for continental competition. Um, you look at that midfield, they're, they're currently playing with four in the midfield, three at the back. They've got Muchware and Makaringe in the, in the center as mainstays. Mm. Vincent Pule, Dube and Mabaso kind of interchanging out wide. We've seen them strengthen ahead of next season already, but uh, if they were to make a run, um, who, apart from, I mean, I mean, we know up top, we know Gabadino's exploits this season, uh, mm. but that midfield Midfield behind him has also helped a lot, uh, found him space and pockets uh, to, to work yeah. through. So um, 
do you think, let me actually rather ask it up front. Do you think Pirates have an outside chance at challenging Downs and Chiefs? Of course, they've got a lot of depth um, and you've got Mamela. And for, for me, just mm. Mamela, just playing behind the, the striker, he's been phenomenal. Um, if he stays injury-free, he's, for me, he's one of Pirates' best players when, when he's on song. And just behind him, if you've got Motswari and Makaringe, that, that, those three for me are the make or break for Pirates going forward. That's my opinion. And you, Brian, do your eight Pirates have, have, a, have a... If you were a gambling man, would you perhaps uh, take those slim odds of them winning a title this season? I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put any of my money on them. For me, I think, look at them, is they have potential, lots of potential in, in that team, uh, the players there. But for me, I think lack of experience is going to be their, their biggest challenge. Consistency has been one of the things that has been uh, lacking in the team. But, uh, I mean, uh, Mango has been phenomenal. Yeah, I think for me, the, 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 that's where in this midfield, I think for me, they lack a lot of experience. And for me, the biggest problem, if you look in the last three, four years, that's the biggest challenge problem that Pirates has been. Uh, every year, they uh, do an almost an overhaul. You know, there'll be like five, ten players coming in. Mm. And even players that you never thought that they would let go. Uh, you know, experienced players in that midfield as well uh, that they they have let go in the last few years. I think that I believe they should have kept. And yeah, so I don't think I don't think they have it in them to really push uh, uh, Sundowns and Chiefs uh, mm-hmm. uh, all the way. I don't I don't believe they will. We will see ahead of next season, of course. Uh, this is a rebuild, um, essentially, for Pirates, but this time with a new coach. Um, they have started adding a few players, but I, 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 I think we all hope that it's not another thing like last year where it was 10, 11 players coming in and you don't know um, what the what the shape looks like. I think they've they've started to solidify something something good here, and perhaps next season uh, they'll be better equipped to make a a, a run at the at the league title. Uh, but before we move on to the next story, uh, let's just take a quick break and listen to these messages. MTV Sugar Alone Together is a Pan-African mini-drama series following friends as they navigate the new normal under COVID-19. A limited social life is as hard as it gets for some, but for others, the everyday strains of isolation, money problems, and life behind closed doors are taking their toll. MTV Sugar Alone Together delves into the untold stories of life through lockdown, featuring faves like Nomalanga Shozi as Mbali and Mohale Mutaung as Catch it every weeknight on YouTube forward slash MTV Sugar TV. That's sugar spelled S H U G A or MTV, oh sorry, or Facebook at MTV Sugar. Right. Up next, we have a story that is, you know, it, it feels like it's developing because there was some breaking news uh, just before we started this recording. But Sean has essentially nipped that in the bud, although I'm, I'm still at a loss. But Lishoho Nolosima has joined Chipa United. We know this. Uh, he's been replaced at Celtic by uh, their former captain, John Maduka. Um, and Sima, meanwhile, replaces coach Rulani Mukwena at Chipa United after signing a new three-year deal with them. Uh, and I don't know, he must be Chipper United's maybe 
1,000th coach in the past two years or something <laughs> like that. I'm not sure the exact numbers, but oh, um, the, the revolving door of the PSL, uh, so, uh, so to speak, keeps on spinning. And uh, I know, Sean, uh, this is your favorite team, so you have to let me know with Chipper United, <laughs> you know, what what do you think of Sima being added? My favorite team. You know what? I, I, I don't have much of an opinion because we could be sitting here in five weeks talking about another coach, to be honest. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, 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 like, I like what he's done at Celtic. He's a great person. He's a very good coach. Um, and I hope he can carry that through at, um, in Chipper. And I think, I think Rulani's left a bit of a gap that needed to be filled at Chipper. Um, the players were taking to Rulani quite a bit. It's not an easy team to coach Chipper. And um, I hope Sima has what it takes. And it's obviously a very results-driven club, as we've seen the turnover in terms of coaches. Um, but I hope that Chip, uh, the boss Chipper gives him a bit of time to settle in. I think they're safe from relegation. So I think uh, the next six or seven games will just be really finding his feet and um, finalizing his squad for next season. And I hope he's given that chance, to be honest, with a bit of longevity, unlike other coaches. Brian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Chipper. <laughs> Uh, what is a, you know, you you can't talk football and not talk about cheaper in this, uh, you know, in the PSO. <laughs> uh, for me, I think uh, you know, Lesho uh, Nolo, very very good person, you know, uh, friend of mine. And for me, I think he's done so well with Celtics. I believe for me, I think it's a it's a it's a wrong, it's a bad career move uh, for him. I think just so young as a coach, you know, still still studying his coaching career and to take such a job at Chipper knowing I mean uh, that no one has ever you know done a, a season or two <laughs> cheaper as a coach and then you go there uh, I'm not sure if it's 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 a financial decision or it's a you know football decision for him I mean I know he signed a three-year and a friend of mine uh, coach uh, Steve Compeller always says coaches make more money uh, by being fired <laughs> you know, so so I guess uh, maybe he knows that uh, he signed a three-year, he gets fired, and he has to be paid out. Uh, mm. But for me, I don't think it's a great uh, career move uh, for his CV, for his growing football coaching career. Yeah. How how, how old is Sima? How old is he? I'm not sure, but I'm just over 40, 40 maybe forty-five, six around then. He's forty. Okay. Sorry, just, just 40. Yeah, yeah, he's 40 oh, years how, old. how old are you, Brian? 60. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, right, cool. you know, I think the strangest part of the story is the fact that why wouldn't he want to finish the season off with Celtic? This is his first uh, f- full season in charge as a head coach. Um, they've done very well. I know that there was a lot of pressure behind the scenes uh, in terms of low budgets and, and and that sort of thing. Mm. But I think they, they, they remain ninth, if I'm not mistaken. They've done very well for themselves. It just feels mm. like wouldn't wouldn't he have wanted to to see it through that these last few games rather than switching sides before the end of the season, Sean? I think yeah, I think Brian's hit the nail on the head. I think it could be a financial move of some sort. Um that, that's that's the only thing that I can think about. So he's doing so well. Um he had every Every right to finish top eight this season, and um, it's bizarre. We, we, you see, we don't know what ha- what's happening behind closed doors. You know, we, we can. It's easy for us to sit here and say and speculate and say this and that, but we don't know how horrible it was at at at, at Celtic. If it was horrible, I don't know. But um, you know, that's, that's I said, there's always three sides to the story. You know, his story, her story, and the real story. So we don't know. Let's see. 
Brian, let me let me get your quick thoughts, initial reactions to this. I, I want to say a rumor because Sean seems to uh, have heard different things, but this idea that Rulani might be returning to join Pizzo Musimane's staff, what do you make of that? Yeah, that 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 would be you know the biggest surprise of the season uh, of uh, the COVID uh, season. Eh? <laughs> 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 if it does happen, uh, no one see it, so, uh, saw it coming. And again, we 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 are now asking ourselves at what capacity if he goes back. If he does go back as an assistant coach, what's happening, Manoba? And again, his ambitions of being head coach. What's the, what, what happens to 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 uh, you know those uh, ambitions? Mm. Mm. So there's a whole lot of questions <laughs> that are going to be in, in all our heads. And until if it happens, then we we will have to hear from him. What was the rationale behind it? Him going back mm. uh, to, or does he see himself as a future head coach of uh, Sundowns? Maybe when four years down the line, when Pizzo. Uh, if Pizzo leaves, uh, then he sees himself taking over, uh, maybe. But again, his time at Pirates, he's, he's told so much. You know, the story he tells about his family, about why he went to Pirates and why he wants to coach Pirates. And, you know, the passion that he has for the, the Pirates family and the Sono family. So now all that, you know, goes down the drain. And maybe it's a, it's a dream defeat. Maybe it's something that he might go back to. Uh, later he's still a young coach maybe he might still be able to realize that uh, maybe at a later stage yeah so do you think do you think he's <laughs> do you think he's he can't be on loan from pirates like he was to chipper i mean this is an art and art purchase or what yeah to, if, if he goes to sundowns there's no way it can be no. that loan <laughs> we, we no, know correct that. and it's a tricky one like you said yeah what happens to uh Mankoba? i mean it's it's crazy yeah yeah, uh, there was talk of him. There was talk of him redoing his contract, wasn't there? Yeah, it's it's very strange. Yeah, and again, I mean, uh, uh, we all know what Mangova uh, has uh, achieved with uh, Golden Arrows over uh, you know over the years. For me, when I look at it, him being at Sundowns, for me, it's more. I know he's contributing. He's you know part of the technical team, but for me, I, w- I would never, I would never see him as a as an assistant coach. He is a very good and astute coach that for me it's a it's a it kind of a loss to the PSL in terms of competition when it comes to coaching more especially local coaches yes. I would love to see Manova uh, you know being a coach at a um, at another PSL club and um, instead of um, you know him being an assistant but the same the same could be said for Rolani I mean for me he's a head coach as well yeah, I think for Ulani, for now, again, maybe for him, we'd say he's still a bit young. Maybe it could be a good move for him. Like I said, for him, maybe he sees himself uh, being a future coach at Sundowns. Then, yes, uh, mm. I would say that's a good move. I mean, again, a bit Mangoba, for me, that's a coach that could be at any given time be as well be a national coach. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you know. So I think for me that it's 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 a waste of a uh, for me personally seeing it being 
an assistant coach it's just a waste of talent uh, for this country yeah but as as the story develops we'll obviously continue to have a look at it um have to be upfront about the fact that it's just la duma that's reported it at the time of recording um and you know i was i was just doing my last prep work and suddenly i see the story and i'm like man really throwing a spanner in my works here but um <laughs> yeah uh we move on to our next feature which is the international news desk which means that we can welcome uh the one and only Kurt Buckerfield. what's up guys how's it going <laughs> how you Kurt? good good how you guys hi Kurt. hey brian what an honor Yes, indeed. You, you don't say that to me. What the hell? <laughs> Sean, so I'm just used to seeing your face all the time, Sean. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> well, uh, Kurt, I laid a challenge to you uh, earlier this week. Uh, because because European news kind of happens very quickly, La Liga, there's matches every day. Uh, by the time the, the the Premier League stuff, we, we talk about it, It's it, there's another match or two that's, that have been played. Um but we have more general topics that we that we able to discuss. So, uh, in Europe, everyone is obsessed with finding the best young talent um, because we've seen the likes of Haaland dominating, Sancho dominating, Ansu Fati at Barcelona, uh, amongst many many others. Europe is stacked with young talent all over the park. And so, I said, Kurt, you're the international news desk correspondent. Pick a under-23 starting 11 for the continent of Europe. What you got for us, Kurt? Mm. Okay, so um, just bear with me, you guys. I have a few um, explanations for why these guys have made my team. <laughs> it's going to um, be controversial. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Um, so in goal, I went with um, 21-year-old um, AC Milan goalkeeper, Juan Luigi Donnarumma, who mm-hmm. is just four appearances away from... 200 for AC Milan. Um, I think at, 20, at 21 years old, that's, that's bizarre. Oh. 21 years old. He's also played, yeah, um, 16 times for, for Italy. No, he's brilliant. Obviously, I think that was, that was an easy one. I've Just to let you know, I've gone in a 4-3-3 formation. Mm-hmm. Um, at left back, I went with Bayern Munich's 19-year-old Canadian international, Alf- Alf- Alfonso Davies, yes. Um, yes. Who's, who's had a phenomenal season in the Bundesliga, so much so that Bayern are said to be willing to even sell David Alaba, who was you know, a staple at left back for them for many years, who's still young, oh, who's yeah. incredibly talented. But this 19-year-old has um, been so impressive that they'd be willing to let him go. At centre-back, Slew, I went with um, young Matthijs de Litt, Juventus defender, mm-hmm. who yes. hasn't had a phenomenal season. He hasn't been great, but obviously he's 20 years old. He's learning from the likes of Benucci and Chiellini. Um, and he will undoubtedly be a top, top defender for many, many years to come. Um, a Netherlands international. We did see him in that Champions League run um, years back. Oh, yeah, yeah, for Ajax, for of Ajax. course. Yeah, so he's incredible. And um, my other centre-back I went with, a Benfica centre-back. Nobody really speaks about this guy. He's 23 years old. His name is Ruben Diaz, and he's also a, a regular for Portugal, regular for Benfica, um, over 100 games for them. Um, you know, when we speak about young centre-backs across Europe, we're talking about the likes of like Upa Meccano, um, but, but this Ruben Diaz has been uh, impressive. He's been linked with Liverpool. He's been linked with a, a few top clubs, and I have no doubt that he will be um, a Portuguese international for, for the next 10 years. I think mm. he's got a great future ahead of him, so he's just one to watch out for. At right-back, I went with 
uh, you know, this is probably the least controversial of them all with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys would um, all agree with me there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in midfield, I went with 21-year-old Fede Valverde from Real Madrid, box-to-box midfielder who has been brilliant for Zidane this season. When I watched him in Madrid last year, he was the best player on the park in the Atletico um, Madrid and Real Madrid derby. Um, so I thought that he was quite an easy choice. Alongside Fede Valverde, I went with Barcelona's 23-year-old holding midfielder, but also versatile midfielder, Frankie de Jong. Alongside him, Kai Havertz, who is more attacking, who's of course been linked with Chelsea, Liverpool. He's a German international. Uh, there's so many other midfielders we could have chosen there. Yuri Tillemans of Leicester, Donny van der Beek um, at mm. Ajax, Martin Odegaard, who's, who's been brilliant for Sociedad this season, Mason Mount, who's been uh, impressive for Chelsea. And then my front three, um, it was difficult to leave out the very, very impressive Christian Pulisic, but I went with Jaden Sancho um, on the right. I went with, um, or on the left rather, I went with Mbappe on the right, 21 years old, 117 senior goals um, at club <laughs> level already. And then I went with, of course, Erling Haaland, 19 years old. He's got 44 goals this season. Um, oh, I thought man. that was, you know... I mean, just incredible player. So, I mean, let me know what you guys think. Uh, Slu, do you think there are any players who um, I've left out? What I find, what I find remarkable, uh, you know, there's not a lot that I'd replace there without being biased. But um, what I find remarkable is the lack of English Premier League representation in Europe's under 23. Um, and it's not, it's not I'm for, sorry, man. It's not for lack of talent. There is, but it's just tough to break Jaden Sancho and, and guys like that out of it. Exactly. You've got the likes of, of Marcus Rashford, Rashford and, who's yeah. 22. You've got um, Mason Greenwood, who's 18, who's just, you know, he's having kind of like a breakthrough season. Um, you've got young goalkeeper Dean Henderson, who's, who's on loan at Sheffield from Manchester United, who's been impressive. Um but no, I mean, you can't really replace the likes of Sancho and Mbappe and Holland at the moment. Yeah. For me, mm. this team can win uh, Champions League hands down. Mm. <laughs> and, and it would also be the most expensive starting eleven <laughs> at, at the moment. <laughs> the way the transfer fees uh, are operating. Youth and talent means they're going to be like, uh, yeah. we won £150 million for the boy. But it's, it's uh, crazy, that's, a, that's a fantastic lineup. And then, uh, you know, yeah. moving to this next story... Um, you know, one one person who one kid who didn't make your list. I see there's Ansu Fati, um, heir to one Lionel Messi's reign when he is rumored to be leaving. But again, mixed mixed bag of reports coming out about uh, the goat Lionel because on one hand you have people saying that he he has his heart set on leaving at the end of his contract next season, and then you have the Barcelona president who come out and said, look, he said in the past he's going to finish his career at Barcelona. But then, do you, how do we trust that that board and and and, and anything that they have to say? Um, so tell me from 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 an expert's perspective, what's going on with Lionel Messi at Barcelona right now? So, firstly, Slu, we don't trust the Barcelona board. Whatever they say, we do not trust. I mean, I think that's been made pretty clear. Um, but I think Messi at the moment is just, uh, you know, he's fed up. He's tired of the poor decision making um, from from above. I just don't think that he wants to be used as a political ploy. You know, if Messi signs a contract now um, and extends, it looks good on the current president. And it could be seen as Lionel Messi endorsing the president. There is a presidential election coming up next year. And there is a favorite for the job. His name is Victor Font, who is supposedly bringing in Xavi Hernandez. 
Um, and I think that Messi would be very careful of tying himself down now under the, the current board um, because it, it looks like a win for them, which, you know, is, again, just paper over the cracks. But, you know, mm. he really does have an interest in leaving. I, I spoke to La Liga commentator, um, La Liga expert Graham Hunter, who has interviewed Messi many times over the years. He gave me a very different perspective on this. Um, he's brilliant. I, 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 you guys should follow him on Twitter. He's, he's an excellent football uh, person, great football brain. And, you know, the feeling that we as fans and we as journalists have is that Messi is being wasted, that his final years at Barcelona are being wasted by poor decision-making from the board, um, poor football, um, a whole lot of managerial changes, etc., etc. But Graham Hunter offered me the perspective that, no, Messi isn't thinking like he's a 33-year-old with you know, two more good seasons in him. He's thinking in the now, and he wants to be competitive now. And that's what's led him to be so frustrated. He wants to win. He wants to win the Champions League. And unfortunately, mm. the way things are running at the moment, um, it doesn't look like they stand a chance. So, you know, this isn't just an empty threat. Um, Graham Hunter also pointed out that this could be Messi's entourage just kind of putting feelers out there and saying, well, let's, let's see what offers come in. I personally, you know, if I had to put money down, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't guess that Messi is going to leave. Um, I think that he's just being very careful of looking like he is behind the current president. Mm. Um, he is genuinely upset and fed up and he's had enough. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not an empty threat. I think it's terrifying if you're a Barcelona fan, which I am. But also, you know, I've, I've kind of had enough of the board making, you know, uh, many, many poor choices. So we'll see what's, what's going to happen. I think Messi will end up staying. I think Xavi Hernandez will come in and, you know, it'll be the perfect love story uh, once again. But, but yeah, <laughs> things are more serious than what we've seen in the past. You know, Graham said Messi has never been close to leaving Barcelona. He's been linked with Manchester City. He's been linked with a few moves away. But the closest he's come, which Graham pointed out to me, was when he was 13 years old, leaving for Espanyol, when there were problems with Barcelona at the time. So, Could you yeah, have imagined? It's, it's looking serious. <laughs> a Messi in an Espanyol shirt would have been a trip. <laughs> um, but, but just, uh, you know, Sean and Brian, what, what, do you, what do you make of this? I mean, the football, perhaps football's greatest ever talent, uh, has given his all at Barcelona. He's already had issues. And I think maybe part of his thinking here is like, look at all, this, all the nonsense I've been through with my national team. Now I'm going to have the same type mm. of issues here at home at Barcelona. Um, where do you think Messi's head is at? They're clearly struggling. Real Madrid are, are, are winning every single game. Barca are struggling too. Um, what do you make of Messi's situation at Barca, Shono? Yeah, I, th I think it's criminal if he does leave, if they let him leave, if they, if they let him get to the point where he, he really wants to leave. It's, it's not acceptable. So, um, you know, I'm not a Barca fan, but I mean, he's just, you know, he's one of the greatest of all times. And to see him to, to be put in a situation where he might leave is is not okay on any level so i hope he stays um i agree with kurt i think he will stay um and yeah i think it's just for the betterment of football worldwide if he does make a move it's 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 great to talk about it's good news and stuff but for the barcelona yeah, faithful, i, I personally be, love to see that actually you know yeah yeah but it would be heartbreaking but all of this again it's it's it's, it's uh, kind of educating us to understand how football is run in uh, in in spain and, and, and throughout the world. And maybe this is a topic for another day to talk about uh, how football is run in South Africa. <laughs> uh, but uh, for, for me, it, it has shown me 
that it's it, it's it's more than just football. It, it's it's a bit of political as well. And yes. And you know, with with the next uh, you know elections, and again, remember, even um, PK has hinted at uh, wanting to stand for the next election. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so um, again, and then there's a bit of uh, player power as well with uh, with Messi, with Abidal, you know, and but Abidal having been, you know, uh, his teammate at some point. But for me, uh, I agree with Messi that uh, that the team needs to really, you know, get decent players. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of at the back. There's lots of gaps at the back that needs to be filled. Um, yes, I mean, he's. I, we know he's been. Uh, unhappy with Neymar situation, so yeah, we, we, I think we'll just have to wait and see what's how this is gonna pan out. But uh, we hope that uh, uh, he will stay, and mm-hmm. uh, that uh, all of this is just club politics playing uh, themselves out in the background. Player power, and that was actually something that Messi was really frustrated by was the reports that he kind of runs the dressing room. Mm. So I do actually find this to be quite contradictory because. You know, if, if Barca were to re-sign Neymar, if Neymar were to join in this next transfer window, Messi would undoubtedly stay. Mm. So he's basically sending a message to the board saying, well, sign Neymar and I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, he's, he's, he's taking offense to reports saying that he calls the shots. So I'm a huge Messi fan. He's my favorite player. But I just want to point out that that does sound a little contradictory. You know, he does have power in that, in that dressing room. And coaches do... Look to him. You know, they don't. I, I really doubt that Messi picks the side. I doubt that he's got the, the whiteboard in the changing room saying, guys, this is where yeah. we're playing. Yeah, um, sure. But, you know, he definitely has power and coaches are intimidated by him. You want to keep him happy. Um, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to pee him off. It's that simple. You know, you're mm. looking at Messi and Suarez and PK and you kind of just want to play to the, to the, to the crowd and they, they're looking at you going, what are you doing? But you, the coach is looking at them saying, well, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And that's yeah. the, the, the position that Setien finds himself in at the moment. He's, he's trying to please too many people. But it, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. It's a very, very tough one. Uh, Messi definitely m- maybe seems like he wants to, um, what's the phrase? Have his cake and eat it too, I think it is. I'm not sure. Um, but sorry, but for me, I think uh, when you look at team sports, I mean this this topic then takes me to uh, the Michael Jordan story. You know, the last dance. Mm-hmm. You can't have a successful team without having a one or two players that are really you know key to the club and that really that calls the shots. Ronaldo, we've seen with Ronaldo even at national team, <laughs> we've seen it where when they won the Euros. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, so uh, it, it is part of. You know football, and it's it's it's. This is not uh, something that Messi mustn't just uh, look at it as an. Uh, yes, it's criticism that comes in, but uh, it, it's part of the game. That uh, he he's a winner. He wants to win, and if the club is not signing the right players, why would he want to stay in that environment? Because he he wants to win, and he doesn't want to see himself at his age now. He, I think he still has ambitions of even still you know playing at another World Cup or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, I have to agree. And uh, I mean, I think we all love Messi. We love watching him play and, and, and seeing him frustrated is equally frustrating for, for, for all of his fans. And so we, we we hope to see him stick around. But thank you very much, Kurt Buckerfield, for joining us. Uh, it's been one of my favorite international news desk uh, features, actually. Uh, so thank mm, you. Thanks, Kurt. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, thanks, Kurt. Thanks.
Thanks. Cheers, Brad. Brian. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right. As we move on, uh, we are going to jump ahead to Sean Roberts' feature of The Secret Footballer. The Secret Footballer, for those who don't know, uh, our sister publication, Kickoff Magazine, has this feature on their back page. Somebody anonymous in the world of local football tells a story of what's going on behind the scenes. And Sean is the one who presents it to us. What do you have for us this week? Yes, sir. So I've gone back in time a bit. I've gone through the the kickoff magazines and I found this piece. And I quote, he is a true professional. It makes a difference having someone who has played the game at the highest level to coach you. It's easier to learn from. And I find it pretty cool because I think me and Brian were there at the same time when we won the league with Sundowns 2005, 2006, when Neil Tovey was the coach. And this player talks about Neil Tovey. And Brian, so my question to you is... um, do you think it is important these days for the coach to for a coach to have played at the highest level in order for players to sort of retain information a lot easier um, than for someone that's not? I know in terms of a goalkeeper coach, for sure it helps. That um, for me personally, I find it uh, you take the coach a lot more seriously if he's played at the highest level because you, you sort of know what goalkeepers are going through mentally at certain stages of the game. Um, than someone who hasn't played. So what's your opinion on that in general? Yeah, in general, I think uh, uh, when I was younger, uh, I always used to think it's the case. It does help, uh, but there are a few, uh, um, you know, special talents that um, would emerge as coaches, Mm. uh, like a a Rulani, (laughs) Mm. you know, Mm. that has never played at the highest level, but has the brains for, you know, for the game, has the feeling, has the heart for it. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, uh, if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have said yes, just yes. Uh, but yeah. now I would say to you, uh, yes and no. And um, that uh, th- there are special talents that uh, emerge uh, every once in a while. But I mean, you, you can agree if we go back, can you believe it, 15 years ago, but when we won the league, that... Um, to have Neil as you know, you, you could feel his passion come through. You could he, you could see he wanted to be on the field as much as we did, and um, I mean that's I just feel that's sort of lost these days, you know. And it's also sad to see Neil. We can talk about this a bit that he's I see he's left Safer as well. His position at Safer is technical director, so that's that's a bit yeah. of a bum and that's a loss to South African football, I guess. Yeah, I spoke to him. He says he says he says um, it's like there's conflicting reports, but he, he he's mostly just keen to get home for a little bit. He's been separated from his family for a while, but um, mm-hmm. it's a guy who's still very passionate and still says that he's very open to coaching, but mm-hmm. he, he just wants to see how things go. Uh, you know, he's also had some health concerns, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, but but speaking of him is, you know, there's a, there's an interview that, that I did is coming out later, but yeah, um, oh, cool. it still sucks that we've lost him at Safa, but um, I don't think we're losing him from, from the world of football, though. No. Yeah, I think he did say even that uh, there's possibility that he might even go into management, uh, you know, in 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 the game. Mm. Uh, but but Sean, yes, I mean, uh, having Neil back then as a as a coach, I mean, yes, it was a special uh, a special moment for us in experience. I mean, myself having played with him, you know, at Chiefs, I remember as a young boy having you know him playing in front of me. A lot of the things that I learned. Uh, on how to organize and how to speak, to how to talk as a goalkeeper, organizing my back four. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of that from him, uh, you know, playing in front of me. No, I didn't learn from a goalkeeper. I learned organizing from Neil Toby. So, yeah. um, yes, uh, definitely uh, is one that we don't want to lose uh, in the game. Uh, uh, the 
football brains that he has still very much needed in this country. Correct. And 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 hopefully, and again, I think uh, with his story, I think we know that uh, there are financial problems that suffer. Mm. And some of the things he's not happy with is the plans that he's been trying to roll out that haven't been because of uh, financial constraints. Which, uh, you know, just seems to be an ongoing topic uh in the league every year we hear of of of, of some issues um but um you know neil seems upbeat about the whole thing he, he doesn't seem to have any hard feelings necessarily about safa um let's uh, dive on into this week in football history today we remember great moments from the past we dive into the time capsule join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history this is where i rewind the clock take a look at back at, at some uh, fascinating stories from back in the day uh and yeah i bring i bring them to you as best i can so let's start with let's 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 start with the oldest one here so this week back in 1972 kaiser chiefs played against katlehong city and won 10-1 in a league match uh, i know um you know sean you're old enough to have seen that with your own eyes right how, how old are you i was about you? to say was was brian playing in that game <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week back in 2001 real madrid signed two-time ballon d'or winner zinedine zidane from Juventus for a then world record fee of 76 million euros. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, it, that back then that must have been the most. And now, now we're seeing, yeah, something ridiculous. But I don't think, I don't think many of the um, world record fees went on to be as successful as, as Zinedine Zidane, who not only um, dominated as a player, but also dominated as a manager. So um, truly historic um, signing he turned out to be. And then this week, back in 2010, Spain captured the first World Cup to be played on African soil. And that brings an end to our 10-year celebration uh, since the tournament. Um, individual honors from that tournament include Ike Casillas claiming the Golden Glove, Thomas Muller winning both the Golden Boot and Best Young Player, while Diego Forlan grabbed the Golden Ball as the player of the tournament after terrorizing um, teams throughout yeah. the tournament. Yes. What what a what a what a fantastic memory that remains for all of us, despite the heartbreak um, <laughs> that we also yeah. suffered. Uh, so let's let's have a look real quick. I just want quick comments from you guys here because it's it, there's not really much we can add. But so Minister of Arts and Culture and Sports, uh, Natim Tetwa, on Sunday requested that the South African Football Association, and, and I'm saying that in full for a reason, assume mm. its expected role of ensuring compliance from the Premier Soccer League teams in their return to training protocol. I'm just confused because I, I feel like surely that goes unsaid. It's the it's it's Safa. Um, yeah. You know, what role are they supposed to assume? Am I right? Yeah, but, but, but that means now that, well, exactly. But that just shows how at, at how Safa and PSL's relationship has sort of deteriorated over the years. And um, so I understand from this now that the PSL have to report to Safa. Is that correct? Yeah, it seems like this because they have to play an overarching role in monitoring compliance, Safa. So, so, so the PSL is essentially, they, the, the, the government is essentially creating a hierarchy and putting it, and making it official, I, su I suppose. But it's just odd. Yeah, now uh, with COVID, it has kind of showed 
the cracks and I think this has to be one of the lowest points in football and I think for me yeah. It, yeah. it has shown that how 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 deep the divide is and 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 the relationship between SAFA and PSO um <clears throat> it has to be at this lowest point it, it's ever been and I would say good luck to the minister <laughs> with yeah. this let's hope for the best I think we all want to see football back we all want to see the league finish so that people can plan uh, for the next season so that we can know what's going to happen so for as long as uh, you know the season hasn't been de- finished and no decision has been made whether uh, okay let's scrap the season or whatever you know um and and again for me i think a lot of uh, players lives are at stake you know uh, yeah, uh with contracts with all of these things yeah. so uh, the sooner uh, this is resolved the better and for me i think we hope that uh, uh it will happen as the minister wishes but i see this again uh PSL going direct to the minister <laughs> mm. yeah so it's an interesting developing one. And the good thing, again, I'll say it again because I, I don't want it to seem like we're roasting or it's all doom and gloom. But yeah, it's it's, it's good that we're seeing teams get back to training. That means that we're, we're closer and closer to the return, hopefully, or some form of announcement. Um, and uh, But yeah, I, you know, just if you're going to be in charge of things, just take charge, you know? We, yes, we, sir. We, that's all we want to see. Um, next up, we have a feature called 10 Quick Fire Questions. Uh, 10 Quick Fire Questions is where we get your favorite PSL players on the line and put them on the spot. This week, we have Cole Alexander. And here, have a listen. I am Cole Alexander, and these are my 10 Quick Fire Questions. Who is the funniest guy in the PSL that you have played with? <laughs> Who is the flashiest dresser that you've played with? Uh, uh, Ashin Domingo. Who is the worst dressed? You again, Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he funny because he dresses bad too? <laughs> that also, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the worst mistake that you've made in a match? Uh, worst mistake? I lost the lost the ball trying to shield it out for a corner. They robbed me and scored. Who is the teammate who thinks that he's funny but actually has terrible jokes? Samir Doty. Samir Doty. What is your fondest footballing memory? Playing for Bafana Bafana. And what is the best goal you've ever scored in a match? My goal against Pirates. Um, I described the goal if you can. Um, so, Atlantic crossed the ball and Pirates cleared the ball outside the box. I tasted it and took a volley and it went in. Yeah. Bang, click, click, bang, as, as they That's say. The one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favorite car at the moment? Um, your Range Rover. Range Rover. And uh, what is your favorite local South African dish, food? My mom's curry uh, and roti. And last but not least, what is your favorite holiday destination? Italy. But I haven't been there yet. Haven't been yet. <laughs> uh, well, it's going to take a while before we can even be allowed to go, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there you have it. Thank you very much to Cole Alexander again. Another another um, person who's, who's, whose destination just hasn't even touched yet. We, we have it a lot. I know, I know. There's a lot of them, man. Eh? But Brian, just a quick one. What's, uh, what's your highlights of your career? What's your best highlight, would you say? My career? Jeez, there's yeah. always uh, two things different. Uh, with national team, would be playing in the Africa Cup and then going to the World Cup in, Italy, in, uh, in, 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 in France. Mm. 
And on the club side would be winning the Mandela Cup. Um, mm. Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, I see that we are very quickly running out of time. And so I think we should dive right into the car of the week, seeing as um, uh, uh, our friend Cole has mentioned the Range Rover is his favorite. What do you have for us this week, though, Sean? Yes, sir. So Kudakwashi Mahachi has been seen with a BMW 135 convertible. The pros of this car, it's powerful, fuel efficient. It's nimble handling, solid construction, and refined performance. The cons, the cramped back seats, the mediocre interior materials, and most customers are not overwhelmed by the general style. This is an older model, the BMW, so the price is a bit tricky on this one. I give this car a modest 7 out of 10. Interesting, interesting. Brian, what's your dream car at the moment? What car have you been seeing recently where you're like, oof, I need that? Uh, now nah, it's always, I've never changed. I've had uh, a 911 Targa. Ah, uh, that that's always been my yeah. That's the ultimate uh, sports car. Classic, classic man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For today's car wash episode, we will not be ending off on a motivational quote of the week, and that is due to the fact that former Baroka FC star Gunadin Goana has passed away at the tender age of twenty-eight. Gone far too soon. He's a product of the Transnet School of Excellence. He's played. For TTMFC, he's played for Black Leopards, Chipper United, and he was last seen playing for Magesi FC. And it is tragic news for local football and for the local footballing fraternity. So to all of his supporters, his friends, and most importantly, his family, we at Sokola Duma would like to give you our condolences. We'll keep you in our prayers all the best moving forward. I know that this is an impossibly tough time, but we decided we'd rather end on a truly somber note because it's a truly somber time. So rest in peace, Kaka. You are gone far too soon. From our side today, uh, whether you've been listening on SL Radio, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, or Mahi Gang FM, thank you very much for tuning in. Huge thank you, of course, as always to you, Sean Roberts, and a big thank you to Brian Baloy for stepping in for Deco Modise uh, this week. It's been fantastic, sir. Been a pleasure. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on Sokola Duma Radio. This is a Fangana Corner.